computer. This is data. I'm an android. I'm a... basketball? I was processing all of the information. Processing. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z. Joined those as always by Tim, aka Cranges McBasketball. And Tim, today we are doing something we have never done before. We are doing the, a draft for the next head coach of the Lakers. Now, what the hell does that mean? A draft? Well, there's you've assembled this very comprehensive list, Tim, of some coaches who are retreads. Yeah, retreads. Some guys that already have jobs in the NBA. Some guys who are linked to jobs in the NBA. And some guys we want to forget about entirely, like Mark Jackson. Mm-hmm. So before we get started here, Tim, why don't you lay out the rules so that we can immediately get, be confused? Absolutely. No, this is this is. Wouldn't it be funny if we didn't explain the rules? Um, so yeah, <laughs> I have spent way too much time. We're going through 40 coaches um, for some backstory. You know, if you don't happen to know the Lakers have a coaching vacancy, they're one of two teams currently as of today on Friday that have a coaching vacancy, the Suns being the other. And so in figuring out who they might pick, we want the to Suns? do some research, do some homework. No, I'm sorry. So the Kings, did I say the Suns? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Not the, definitely not the Suns. <laughs> okay. um, the, the Kings, the Lakers and the Kings are the two teams uh, with coaching vacancies. And so I, we worked with the discord group and set up basically a survey thing where they could go in and vote head to head. Would you rather have, I don't know, Terry Stotts or Mark Jackson and you pick, then would you rather have David Adelman or Doc Rivers and you pick. And from all of those head to head picks, we had over 5,000 votes and that helped create a nice big board for us in terms of the, you know, intelligent fan, intelligent Laker fan preferences, which I think is interesting. On top of that, I did a bunch of research, too much research. A lot of these guys are not good. Um, most of these guys won't have NBA jobs at the end of the year because many of them are not good. Um, but, you know, I'm as prepared as I can be for this. I This is this is Lakers Lent, Tom. I have been fasting. I have, it oh my is, God. you know, for my fasting, I have not watched any Impractical Jokers for 40 days to, to train my body that it does not need Joe Gatto and thus Frank Vogel. Um <laughs> We're already off the rails. Um, no, it's time. It's not okay. time. So, so we're drafting. We're drafting. So, All right. So I want to be clear here, Tim. I want to be clear yes. with the audience. We are not picking who we want to be the Lakers head coach per se. That's critical because when like Doc Rivers gets picked like second <laughs> yes. or something, yes. I don't want my name tied to that in, in the wrong way. Correct. Um, yes. As you're saying, we are – so the scoring system here is set up such that – you are rewarded for picking people that the Lakers end up being interested in. And, and when we think about this, you know, what are the Lakers are interested in? They're interested in guys who's, who have played for the Lakers, you know, have some tie to the Lakers, you know, someone's a friend of a friend. I don't know what happened. You know, it, it's a very small pool of people. Um, we'll see what that ends up looking like, but we're, the scoring system is if you pick somebody who gets any NBA head coaching job. This is the only like non-Lakers piece of this. Any new NBA head coaching job, you get three points. So if you pick 
I don't know, use you pick Quinn Snyder, he gets fired from the Jazz and then hired either by the Lakers or anyone else for a head coaching job in the NBA, you get three points. If you pick, let's say, Monty Williams, who's not going to get fired and is a head coach and will be a head coach for the same team, you get no points. So this, you know, rewards you for picking better candidates. But if, you know, for guys like Doc Rivers, Quinn Snyder, if they don't get fired and they just stay with their current teams, you you may not get anything. So that's the one like non-Lakers specific thing. From there, if you pick someone who is tied to the Lakers by reporting from a reputable source uh, as, you know, one or both sides having interest on the Lakers side, that could be ownership. It could be the Rambuses. It could be Rob. It could be LeBron. So Mark Jackson will have at least one point at the end of this um, because we heard that, you know, LeBron's interested in him. Um, Actually, we may have to look at the sourcing on that, but that's an example of, you know, what that could look like. That's one point because, because the Lakers may end up having, having interest in like 12 people and they're like another five might have interest in them or something like that. Uh, that's one point. If the candidate gets an interview from the Lakers, that's an additional three points. If they get a job offer from the Lakers, they get four additional points. And then if they take the job with the Lakers, they get another four additional points. So Max, if you pick someone who is tied to the Lakers, interview, takes the offer, or is given the offer, takes the offer, they also, because of that, have a new head coaching job you would get a maximum of 15 points for a candidate if they hit all five categories. If you, for example, had uh, Ty Lu in the last Lakers coaching cycle, he was tied to the Lakers. He got an interview. He got an offer, but didn't take the offer, though he ended up going with another team. You would have gotten 11 points. Um, so, you know, there might be guys that have three or four or one or two points by the end of this. Uh, actually, they're, they're can't, they can't get two points, but Picking the eventual Lakers head coach is going to be very, very rewarded. But at the same time, you can't just like go one and done and have a bunch of scrubs for the rest of your five-man roster. So a couple different elements going in here. We didn't want to make it too easy. We wanted to make sure everyone was very confused. Uh, if if that's where you're 10. feeling right now. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 where you should be. Tom is sharing his screen with me now because we need to flip a coin. Neither of us have a coin because it's 2022. And so we're going to flip a coin. We're not doing a snake draft. Well, Tom, would you like to explain explain the draft structure? So I fought, I fought the, straight, the snake draft structure because I think it's subjective as to who could be number one. So we're just going to alternate uh, until the end where the second draftee will get the final two picks. Um, so And this makes history, Tom. This is in, in the history of drafts, not the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, not your fantasy league, not picking kids in in, in kickball. No one's ever done this. This is a, yeah, this is a progressive picking, system. Yeah. This is a progressive podcast. Yeah. This is you've never seen anything like this, people. This is history yeah. right here. Don't you understand? Um, so it's gonna go like let's say Tom wins the flip, he gets first pick, I get second, he gets third, I get fourth, he gets fifth, I get sixth. He gets seventh, and then I get I get eighth and ninth, and then he gets the last pick. Yeah, because in so many of these, like when you pick first, you also kind of pick last for the other team and a lot of options. But to be fair, we do have 40 options, so it's not like you're automatically gifted the last coach in the uh, line there. So, mm-hmm. Tim, what are we doing this all for? What's what's the why? What, like to embarrass ourselves to our yeah, audience? I, I think it's a What's little the bit stakes? pride. It's a little bit pain and embarrassment. Actually, there's no pain. There might be pain. If if I lose, there will be pain, but it'll be for <laughs> the listeners. If you lose, there will, probably won't be pain. It'll probably be beautiful. 
Um, but <laughs> what the loser is going to do, and we got this recommendation from the Discord when we asked, you know, solicited some ideas, is the loser will have to record themselves singing one of the two songs that we've had commissioned this season, you know, as we, as, you know, good upstanding Lakers citizens of the world are trying to help the team out. There's no better way to do that than to commission a song explaining to them how to run a better offense. So if, if Tom loses, he will have to record himself singing the uh, run a play song, the, the let it go Disney song with, with the, you know, <laughs> the, the lyrics I came up with or the uh, what's the other one, uh, the split cut song. And then we will have that played on our bonus pod. So if you're just a regular podcast listener slash the public, you won't have to hear me sing. But if you are one of those folks in the Discord subscribing to the bonus pods, you're going to get that pod intro and it's going to be great. And I'm excited for it. Unless it's me, in which case I'm not excited for it. Wow. Um, that's that's it, folks. We're going to jump into this. Um, and I guess along the way speak about some of these options and what we like or don't like about them, which use it as a tool to talk a little bit more about these coaches and, um, and give Tim a time to shine and, and diagnosing some of these guys X's and O's and where they, uh, what they can provide to the team. So without further ado, I think it's time to flip that coin, Tim. And I think it's only right that you call it. Okay. I mean, tails never fails. I'm, I'm right. going to call tails. Calling tails. All right. Yep. I'm hitting it once. Oh God. Oh, we had a pop-up. Ah, I won tails. All right. I'll pick. Do I want to go first? Or do I, do I have the option to defer to the second no, half? No, you get first. Oh, I can first pick. Okay. All right. Let me pull up my notes. So, and this is difficult, Tom, because the guys that are actually the best options here, several of them, I don't think the Lakers will consider. Um, so rather than doing what I like to do in, where I try to follow a good process and I pick the best options and then it doesn't happen and then I'm unhappy and the listeners are unhappy. And, you know, I see people talking on Twitter like, I need to unfollow Tim. He talks about too many things that, <laughs> that don't happen <laughs> that would have been great, but they just set me up for disappointment. Instead of that, I am going to go the other direction. And I am going to choose, see, I'm going to pick between one of the three current head coaches. Um, two of them are going up head to head in the first round of the playoffs. We've got Nick Nurse and Doc Rivers. And I am going to, I'm going to pick Doc Rivers as my first pick. And <laughs> he in, in our voting from the people where you get a score from zero to 100 based on all of the aggregate, like, you know, there's some algorithm in the background that, that grades out how you're doing. He got a score of 25. He was in the sixth tier of seven tiers. The seventh tier included Luke Walton, Kurt Rambis, and Mark Jackson. <laughs> um, he was not liked by the people. And for good reason, uh, he has pretty mess scheme. He's constantly getting pants in the playoffs, um, which is kind of what I'm banking on a little bit here. I think, I mean, they're favored against the Raptors, but this may not go well. Um, rotation concerns. He's a guy that, you know, has a post-up superstar, and yet they have no idea how to counter post-help all that well. They don't play young guys. It's great. It's, it's, it's like Frank Vogel in a lot of ways. Um, but I think he is the veteran presence. He's a championship coach. All of those things that the Lakers like to care about that may not lead him to actually be the best candidate. I think for me, 
as long as he gets fired by the Sixers, I think I'm getting some points at least because the Lakers are going to be interested uh, and he might be interested and he's probably going to get another head coaching job. So I'm going to go Doc Rivers with my first pick. It's one of those hedge your bets. Uh, you know, either you win, you're right, or you're wrong and you're happy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's like betting against your favorite team in a playoff series. It's like, hey, if I'm wrong, happy to lose this money. You know, or foot that. Hey. If I'm right, it's fine. Cool. If they win, oh, I'll be happy. You know, whatever. I just hedged my happiness. So respect, and also I hate it. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. He was in. Oh, by the way, so so he was in the sixth tier for the voters. In the Tim tiers, I have how many tiers are there of Tim tiers? There are five Tim tiers, and then there's a no tier. And here's he's in the no tier. I would not <laughs> consider him. If I were running the Lakers, I would not consider him for the head coaching position. Um. So that's my pick. Interesting. You're up, Tom. Um, Tom, you are on the clock. I am on the clock. Do we want to do the Rivers discussion a little bit more? Like, yeah, no, we can dig into this because he's. Like, I mean, he's going to. We attention. will never see Austin Reeves. We will never see Mac McClung. Mm-hmm. He is an allergic reaction to any type of young player. Uh, he's just another one of these stubborn, set in his ways guys that yep. I just. For better or worse scheme or otherwise, I just want somebody who's a little outside the box and maybe a little bit more willing to try new things and listen to other, you know, philosophies, I suppose. But that's not Doc at all. So please know. Yeah. Yeah. I hope He's, I mean, you're he, right. The, slash we wrong. saw DeAndre Jordan come to the Lakers, start too many games, and we we're like, this isn't an NBA player. He gets cut, and we're probably like, all right, you know, his season's over. And then the, the Sixers pick him up, and Doc Rivers just playing him decent minutes, and he's in there, you know, doing his thing and doing the same thing he did for the Lakers. And it, just, exactly. Did I'm, you I'm see that clip on on Twitter? Him just floating around on defense is there's no offensive rebounds happening around him. Yeah, it looks oh, just geez. like the Lakers. Yeah, this and and then when Doc is questioned about these things in the press conferences, there's just like an indignation of like, why would you ask me this question? Like, they went big, we have to go big. Like, just this uh, like, I already know, like I know what I'm doing. What are you talking about questioning me? And it's not the kind of mindset that I think best sets you up as a coach for long-term success. Like you can win one if you have the perfect scenario, if you have a couple Hall of Famers, all those things. But if you want to like constantly be in the hunt and not, you know, get, get, you know, lose early in the playoffs, you have to be able to adjust and keep up with the best trends. And the, you know, it's, it's a game of, one of these other coaches that I'll talk about later in an interview with him, he talked about how the NBA is a game of cops and robbers uh, Hmm. where like someone like will invent a concept and then, Inventing the concept is cool and it's good and it's value add, but quickly other teams are just going to go and take it right. and, and they gain just about as much value by best practicing and looking, you know, beyond their own set of principles and you have to be able to adjust and he's not someone who's been good with that. So Doc Rivers, I, the, the, there's, there's some downside here because he may not get fired. Like if they beat Toronto and they're favored to beat Toronto, he might not get fired and I could end up with a big old goose egg here. So we'll see. Sure. I think this is a boomer bust pick. But he's someone the Lakers would be interested in. I think it's the right pick. Um, now, my pick here, moving on, is going to be a guy who, for several reasons, and I'm a little bit less 
optimistic, I guess I would say, at a first round L now that Luca is out. So my pick is going to be Quinn Snyder. Oh, um, okay. So for several reasons, one of them being he has worked for the Los Angeles Lakers in the past. Now it was 10 years ago as an assistant, but he's in the family. It's part of the MO. Um, mm-hmm. I also think for several reasons, like it's got a great offense in Utah. I think they're the number one offense in the league this year. Yep. Um, he's worked with bigs in drop coverage, which I presume, you know, obviously we don't know the roster quite yet. I don't know if Palenka cares to build around that. It doesn't seem like he has a, a, a cogent like team philosophy of team building to say, Hey, I want to get only drop bigs that I want to say is more vocal, but so it's hard to say with air. Um, but the fact that he has been a coach to the Lakers at some point has had success in Utah, although it seems to have kind of worn out its collective welcome, not just him, but Mitchell and Gobert. That team looks ripe for a a, a shakeup this year. Yeah. Even if they do maybe get past uh, Dallas in this first round series, you know, they're going to have a little bit of an advantage with Luca's injury. But if they go to the second round and get just absolutely demolished by Phoenix, I think the cards are going to fall and he's going to be one of the better coaches to become available. Not because he did a bad job, just kind of because timing, which happens sometimes in this league, right? It's just the right time for us to move on. So there were some rumblings. It gives me pause that quote the he's less interested quote unquote uh, in the Lakers job since the handling of Frank Vogel's dismissal yeah i don't we haven't, we haven't potted since then so no. uh, yeah i mean i that to me that's understandable and i would imagine that's impacting a lot of guys on this list where the lakers job is just a little bit less appealing for some guys it might bring them from ecstatic to still interested for some it might be from interested to not interested sure. for others it might be from borderline to hell no and so that that'll be tough to to figure out but yeah he's someone that we've heard since then is a little bit less interested in it. And I mean, what's your, what's your take on how the Lakers handled that before we dig back into the the draft piece of this? Oh, well, I mean, obviously poorly. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's the, the minute the game ends or, you know, two minutes after the game ends, there's Woj tweets. Yeah. And, and that wasn't, there's no way in hell Rob Polinka just had the text written out and was just waiting to hit the button um, well, here's right, the but, issue. But the I agree with got you. got out. And then yes. we know Woj is someone who's not he's not a Lakers guy. to the Lakers cause. Season so, opportunity there. Yeah. Really if not. I if I can unpack this in total speculation, my thought being since the Lakers are not a Woj team, Lakers mm-hmm. are a Shams and a Chris Haynes team, depending on what information is is there. There's a lot of people that work in the front office who knew Frank was going to leave. So like yeah. Woj can have a lot of different connections with a lot of people at a lot of different levels. Mm-hmm. And that is newsworthy. So he thought, okay, as soon as this game ends, I'm tweeting this out. I've, I know I've got my sources. I don't care if it's direct from the uh, person in charge of the Lakers front office. I just yeah. know it's going to happen. It was a safe bet. It was one of those that if you were one of those fake scoop artists, right? You should have yeah. nailed this one. You yeah. should have done this because yeah. everybody knew this was going to happen. Right. There's no way in hell they were going to bring it back. So the risk level of reporting it and then it not happening wasn't really there. So it it was really the perfect storm. And 
it's a bad look. It's obviously a bad look. The Lakers had no opportunity between the game and when it happened to tell Frank he was gone. So it's they didn't intend for this to happen, but it got out and and ultimately it's a bad look for them. So they could try to spin their way out of this with when they when they talk to these guys and try to, you know, recruit potential candidates, but Snyder's someone that like rightfully should be concerned about that. I I, I totally get that. <laughs> it's funny that they're master media manipulators until like they just don't know how it works. And they're like, wait, that yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm going with Snyder. I feel okay about it. I think if anything, he is at the top of the list of these coaches to get another job. Now we're not going to talk about every job opening. I'm sure there's going to be anywhere from four to seven head coach openings by the time next season rolls around. So I feel pretty confident that if anything, he'll get interviews. He might Mm -hmm. still take an interview with the Lakers. And if the musical chairs game doesn't break his way, you know, he may be less interested, less interested is not interested is not, not interested. Right. Right. He's like, if there are three openings, there right now there are two openings. If there's three openings, like he's going to get one. If there are two right. openings, he might get one. Like he's the, if let go, he's immediately a top tier candidate for well, it depends. Top tier candidate it for, depends for though, most- Tim, because there are different goals for coaches, right? Potentially. If, potentially. if you want to be a good team and be, have this, you know, culture setter. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. want to develop guys that are young or like the Rockets or someone, there's a different, you know, motivation there to, to right. be a head coach. Right. And, and he, so in the voting, he was a top tier guy. He was in the first tier. He was tied for third among all of the coaches that were voted upon. And I'd say he's in my top tier as well in terms of like coaching quality. He's by no means a perfect coach. Like you mentioned, the offense is really good. He's had some really good drop coverage teams. He, since he's been in Utah has kind of had that one style of defense so the question mark with him is, can he do something other than that? Or is he kind of like Vogel where it's like, this is, might be, you know, really where the specialty is. Um, in, the, in the playoffs, he's another dude that's had a history of poor adjustments and another guy that there have been rotation concerns around. With him, it's not that he's not playing young players. It's that once you get to the playoffs, you have to shorten your, your bench and you have to really lean into playing your stars the most because like, like these are the games that matter. You, you can't you know, be playing LeBron James 33 minutes in a playoff game. Like you got to play him 40 minutes or 38 or whatever it happens to be, like whatever they can handle. And he's been someone that with Utah has run into issues in the past where like he hasn't really made the most of that. So by no means a perfect guy, but absolutely should be a top pick. I I think he would have been my second pick as well. You know, this is, this is a good one. And like you said, if he's let go, he's going to get another head coaching job. I'd yeah. feel, I mean, of any guy on this list, he's probably the number one guy that if let go, he's going to get another job. Other than like Nick Nurse, who won't be let go. He'd have to come to the Lakers via trade. Right. All right. I think you're up next, buddy. What's uh, what's up? So this is where it gets a little tricky for me because Nurse, to me, is a top-tier candidate. He is a top-tier coach. Um, like among this list, like he's he's the best guy on here, I think. Yeah. And it really comes down to like, how realistic is this? And so given what we know about the Lakers and their lack of assets, just like they can't swing these great trades for, you know, big names. 
they don't have a whole lot to play with in order to go get Nick Nurse if they if if they're trying to trade for him from Toronto. He is in the very beginning of a, a multi-year deal. Like he has three, four more seasons left with the Raptors. Um, so unless he publicly comes out and says, like, I want to add it here, like they, let's say they lose to the Sixers in the first round, and he says, I want to be a Laker, and like it would just be unprecedented. We have not seen this. It would be a level of what a lot of people would call unprofessionalism for him to have signed that deal and just say, like, I want out of here. Um, for players to make player empowerment, for the coaches, I don't think they may see it that same way. He's not someone the Raptors are just going to let go. So the Lakers are going to have to pay at, like, the minimum. I can't imagine a world where he's they're not getting a first-round pick for this. And it's Celtics traded Doc Rivers, more. right? They Celtics did trade Doc Rivers. Nick Nurse is a better coach than Doc Rivers at the time with Doc Rivers. Like I get it a little bit, but like I Nurse is so early into his he's in a good situation. Like he's got a great GM. They've got like an interesting young team. I don't I don't know. I don't get the criticism of Nurse. Like if you're looking at last season, they had. I mean, he had COVID. His second guy in command left in the middle of the season to take the Minnesota head coaching. They job. played in Tampa. Like. They played in, they had zero home games. They had a, everybody on their team had COVID. The coaches had COVID. And then they, they started the season out hot and then realized like, all right, crap, you know, we lost, I think that was like 14 out of 15 games or something like that. And then said, all right, we're, we're just going to tank and get a better pick now because of like, there, there's no pivoting from here to like get this back to where it needs to be. So we're just going to make the most of the season. So he, I mean, all things considered, he's a really, really good coach. I really doubt that he's going to do what he would need to do to make this happen. Now, if he does come out and say, I want to be a Laker, like I'm not coaching for the Raptors again. What are the, like the Raptors can't like at that point, they have to trade him. Um, you can't have someone in that position that, you know, isn't going to give it their all or like, is it, is going to be coasting. Like that's not, that's still that's really not, hard to imagine. Yeah. It's like if he were to do it, the Lakers are in a good spot. The, the thing here is like, I don't think he would do it. And so, so I'm talking Nick about Nurse? him to not pick him. <laughs> oh, I'm, wow. not, I'm not going to pick Nick Nurse, wow. um, but I wanted to like walk through that because like he he should be one of those top guys. I'm gonna say, damn, I'm really this curious, tough, dude. I don't know. I all right. I hate this. I don't like this pick. I'm gonna pick Kenny Atkinson. I'm not gonna what? be happy if this actually happens. Yeah, no. So he is being he's a top candidate for the Kings job. He's going to be a candidate for the Lakers job, probably. He is currently with the Warriors. I believe he's their, like, associate head coach. He's he's at the, you know, top of their bench. He yeah, – Kerr has all these great things to say about him. I was an out-of-the-box thinker and all that. Atkinson was a head coach in the past, if you, if you remember, with Brooklyn. They had a super young team, and – over several seasons with him at the helm, they increased their win total. Their players got better. They had a couple guys get better by a lot. And that's what people point to when they look at him. They're like, you know, guy that gets good at buy-in and look at the player development. When you look at the data on age growth curves, players who are younger get better more than players who are older. And then like the older you get, then you start to like, you know, plateau and then you start to decline. The teams that he was coaching those young teams, when you look at what they were expected to do from a growth standpoint compared to what they actually did, it was it was about the same thing. So I, given that you know preliminary assessment, am very much less bought into the idea of like he's a great development dude. He's also like I don't know that that's really what the Lakers are looking for, given where the hell they are as a, as a team in a situation. 
but I would imagine he's going to get interest. I would imagine he might get an interview. He's been a head coach. There's positive perception around him. I think there's a good chance. Like if there were points for him being a coach on another team, like that's not a head coach, like he cashed those points, but we don't have that. I don't know. I just, I don't feel great about a lot of the options at the top. I, he's not someone I would love, but he's someone that graded up pretty well in the voting. He was a, a tier three guy um, with, with how the people were voting on him. But I just, I don't, I don't love it, but that's my pick. It's amazing that you came up with the rules to this game and you're bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> I, in retrospect, I probably should have done a little bit more preparation as to <laughs> what might happen. Well, it's funny because like to your point, it's like you've done a ton of preparation, just not getting into the smooth brain of the Lakers front office. Yeah. So you need to like do a few whippets. (laughs) And then is this is this me getting in the Lakers front office mindset? Is this how they do their their stuff? I'm just saying you're too smart to think logic, not illogically. Okay. so who did I leave? Who is the low-hanging fruit that I just left you to take? Uh, well, I have a fancy list here from Silver Screen and Roll of oh. head coaches already linked to rumors of the next Lakers head coach. Okay. And it's not great. I'm definitely not going to pick some of these guys. Um, somebody who I just briefly want to mention as you did your diatribe on Nick nurse, uh, Juwan Howard. I noticed you did put this in your doc, but I knew this. He's about to coach his son at Michigan at his alma mater. This is a dream job of all dream jobs. They just had a nice, uh, tournament run, like nothing Mm -hmm. crazy. They did fine. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but timing wise, yeah, there's the LeBron connection. He's a he, big there's man. There's Michigan connection with Rob. Michigan he interviewed yes. for the Lakers role last time around. All from the Lakers side of this, he's a great candidate. He fits yes. a lot of what they're looking for. From his side, this it's is timing. not the right time for him. Yeah. So that one would make a lot of sense if there weren't some other factors on the outskirts of this. Um, but I am actually going to pick Steve Clifford um, right here. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a good pick. There's a number of things. I know he's uh, fairly strong on both sides of the ball with coaching strong defenses and actually running basketball actions on a regular basis. Um, it's wild. I, it, can people do both? I don't know. It's, it's... I, in this economy, I don't know how, but somehow I, I, this is another guy who hasn't had a head coaching job in a couple of years, but mm-hmm. It's it could be he didn't want to go assist somewhere or maybe he just wanted to take a couple of years off. This is a tough job. You do it, you know, round the clock most of the year. He was um, in the lab. Maybe he was, maybe sure. he was getting better. Yeah. Or maybe he's been sitting in Florida with his feet up. We don't we don't know. Um, like I said, he is on this list of rumored Lakers coaching candidates for silver screen roles. So I've got, you know, some auto points baked in right there. I do think he's an option to get another head coaching job for one of these rebuilding franchises. Um, I don't think he's high on the list, but I think he's reasonable enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you on the nurse point. Um, I think for the right like price, it's definitely possible that he gets traded. Um, we've seen it happen before. 
but it's got to be a confluence of things. And it's so hard to read right now. So I'm going Steve Clifford. I don't, you know, love it. Love it. I picked him because I thought you would pick him. And it sounds like I was right. (laughs) Yeah. And the guys who I want to pick next, I don't think you'll pick, but prove me wrong, Tim. Okay. Well, one last thing with Steve Clifford, something we've heard. And again, this is preliminary stuff. I don't know if this is real, but we've heard that there may be potential interest for the Lakers to pair. I don't forget how it was worded. It was kind of like an experienced coach with an up and comer or something like that. If they were to try to grab one of those experienced former head coach guy, like a retread, if they were to grab a retread and then try to pair him with one of these like up and coming rising star assistant coaches that hasn't yet been a head coach that they're concerned about being able to control the locker room, Clifford either as the lead guy or as the second in command to like be that force to get the buy-in, I think he fits on either side. So I can see him being someone that if not a head coach candidate, he's would be like, if he's willing to do it, someone I'd be reaching out to as like a lead assistant kind of dude. If you're considering some of the names that I'm not going to pick next because the Lakers aren't going to consider, <laughs> but like one <laughs> of these like younger dudes who like is a great, you know, X's and O's guru, a great defensive guy but like is more, more on the scheme side, he would be a good, just like leader and also has a really good scheme background. Like you, you mentioned. So that's a really good pick. I, man, see, all right. I don't, I'm not going to pick nurse. Cause I don't think he's going to be available. I don't know that Steve Nash is going to be available. Jawan Howard's not going to come. I'm going <sighs> to, I'm going to do, I'm going to do something. I'm going to regret. I'm going to pick Alvin Gentry, who was the recent interim head coach with the Sacramento Kings before recently being let go. It would be kind Hold of on. funny if, if the, the, the Kings and Lakers swapped head coaches. Can I interject? So you've locked in Alvin Gentry. So I can tell you yeah. this. he's being considered for a role in the Kings front office. Really? That's part of why he resigned. <sighs> Come on, Tom. It's You're not, not gonna, finalized. I don't get a mulligan on this. Oh, no. Uh, How do you do your research on 40 coaches and miss like a Wojnarowski tweet? Because, I, because, <laughs> I've, been, because I've been watching freaking Michigan film and, and trying to figure out what the hell Sam Cassell does and things like that. Things of that nature. I swear, you got the uh, genus syndrome, man, where like you're in shoot. the fucking weeds and my notes are really good. I'm just making <laughs> really bad picks right now. So I want to be clear. I don't think it's finalized, but there is okay. like that's that that was kind of the okay. Uh Adrian Wojnarowski, April 11th. The Kings and Alvin Gentry are discussing a front office role and a resolution is expected sometime this week. Gentry has a year left on his contract. Get those uh, singing voice ready up, buddy. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Well, go on to explain you know, why you would like it, why you think Alvin Yeah, Gentry well, so let me first read the full extent of the notes that I wrote up on this. I, I here, Here's my full analysis of Alvin Gentry. Here's what I wrote. I wrote bad. <laughs> that was the full. I think I don't, I don't think I wrote less about anyone else on this list other, you know, just bad. I'm not excited about this. This is not ex- an exciting hire, but he's been a head coach at a, a couple different places. He might be able to lead people. He's someone that, again, like if you compare him with one of the rising star up and comers, 
I'd be more interested in it, but I'm not. In, I'm, he's not someone that I would have at the top of my, he's in Tim tier five. He, he was in the voting tier five. He was not, not well liked among me or the, the discord. Bad, bad, Man. not good. This isn't good. I really need Doc Rivers to be the next Lakers head coach, Tom. <laughs> oh, no. This is, you know, I'm painting myself into a corner. <laughs> I mean, is there anything else, Gentry? Been in the league, you know, long, I feel like longer than most of these guys and as a coach for that matter, but it's been bouncing around. Like, I think the last time he had a good team was like those Suns teams. Yeah, let's see. So, oh man, he's coached a lot of games. Yeah. Uh, he has coached 1170 games. That's crazy. The last time he had a winning record was the Pelicans in 2017-2018 when he coached Anthony Davis, Tom. So, uh, that I, I maybe that'll be a difference maker. Um, Man, like his coach in, when he wanted to get traded, that guy? Shoot. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so he's been fired one, two, three times in the middle of a season. Yeah. Um, he has finished, he's missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs, lost in the first round, was fired in the middle of the season, missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs, fired in the middle of the season, missed the playoffs, lost in the conference finals with the Suns in 2009, 2010, missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs, fired in the middle of the season, missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs, lost in the conference semis with New Orleans, missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs. Missed the playoffs. Career uh, winner of under 46% of his games. It's everything's great, Tom. The draft couldn't be better. I'm putting down Alvin definitely doesn't work for the Kings. Gentry in our uh, list here just to keep everything organized. Thank you. That's I really appreciate that. Yeah, anything I can do, man. Man, I got to start shooting for upside now, I think. <laughs> you got to do something. I do. Oh, I love betting with you, Tim. Let's never stop. Okay. <laughs> Coming up here got? me, I think I am going to go with one Phil Handy. Oh, interesting. Okay. Now, this works again in my logic of the Lakers are, you know, a mafia, for lack of a better word, where you want to be boss, you know, look to the capo. You look to the captains. You know what I mean? They, Mm -hmm. if they go through and do their quote unquote extensively thorough search and hire Phil Handy, I will not be surprised. Yeah, I mean, we know the players like him. If we if know the players key stakeholders like here are AD and LeBron, and LeBron likely at this point, after being unhappy with the Lakers not making moves last trade deadline, is probably playing the game right now of like, hey, you know, if you're not going to do anything, you know, maybe get me out of here. Or, or if you're not going to do anything, I'm for sure not signing a contract extension. Like he's going to play whatever he cards he has to try to make this team go all in. And along with that, like you may try to smooth things over by grabbing one of those guys that the players like the key star players like, and has been around a lot of championship teams. He has no head coaching experience, but he's been someone that 
everywhere he goes, we hear about how the players love him. He's a great dev development guy. So I, I, I get it. I, he's someone that like real life, I could get behind it. If you grab some good X's and O's folks to pair with him. Right. That's never happened before. Uh, but (laughs) okay. So here's other, my thought process, uh, for someone like Phil Handy, who obviously this would be a promotion when you are promoting people like this in this business, the Lakers have a little bit more leverage to not give them a full four-year deal with that 4 million a year, which Mm -hmm. they would have to do to someone like Quinn Snyder to get them in the door Uh, for a franchise who's shown to be quite frugal lately. This is an option. And honestly, Tim, I could get points for them just giving him a courtesy interview, which is totally possible. Right. Mm -hmm. Like just, Hey, we're going to give Phil Handley uh, an interview for the head coaching job. He's been here for a few years. They have all the guys seem to like him. Let's, you know, the NBA doesn't have a Rooney rule. Thank God. But it's, it's a show of faith. You know, Mm -hmm. this is a, we're going to give you a good faith interview. And if we think things line up, who knows, maybe it could happen. Yeah. Yeah. I could also very easily see him getting poached. Sure. And going elsewhere. As an assistant, you mean, right? As an assistant. Yeah, I don't know that he'd get a head coaching job elsewhere, but he has the ins with the Lakers to to potentially make that happen. So I say that's a good pick. Yeah. I I and from a voting standpoint, he was in tier four, uh, you know, alongside Steve Clifford, Terry Stott, Steve Nash, David Fisdale, uh, Will Weaver, Sam Cassell, Rajon Rondo uh made it into tier four in the voting. He was in my tier four as well. Wasn't one of the top tier guys, but he's someone that like, if you pair him with the right assistants, like I see this, you know, this could work. Do you think it was wrong to put Phil Handy above Dave Fisdale? I do. And my next pick is going to be David Fisdale. Oh, spoiler and, alert. Okay. Yeah. I'm happy to unpack this if you want. We let's. I'll give you your space, but... After the disaster of last season, I don't see it under any circumstance, personally. Yeah, I so Fizdale's been a head coach. He's been a head coach in a couple teams. Hasn't gone great, but he's been a head coach. He is someone that, from all that we've, all the research we've done, talking to people who know him or have worked around him or have covered teams that he has been on staff or as a head coach or an assistant coach, he is described as like a used car salesman. A He's very personable. He is going to really get you to like him. And whether he likes you or hates you, he's going to, you know, make that, he's going to make you feel important and make those interactions really good. And he does a really good job of that with the star guys. So just like star players like Handy, I can see, and I don't know this, but I could see him being someone that is viewed in a somewhat similar way. He also, from an X's and O's side, wasn't a fan of what he was doing in the past, but with this Lakers team as the offensive coordinator, when they actually ran the stuff that he was using, it was good. Like it worked. And I think if I were him going, if I were to get an interview, part of my pitch would be, look, here were the games you actually let me run my shit. Here's how well we did. Here's how the, you know, the shot quality data, here are the results. It, like it truly, to, you know, to me, Tim personally, it was good stuff. And I'd be, if, if we would have gotten that for a full season, the Lakers would have been better off, much better off. Um, 
wasn't going to be the difference between a, this and a title, but it was one of several key factors that they needed to nail and they didn't nail. When Vogel reasserted control and we just saw them not run stuff or run those, those Vogel plays we don't like, that's just very vanilla, very basic. It didn't go well. So I think there's a, you know, he was interim head coach for this team for a period of time. There were a lot of injuries and COVID during that time. So like, I don't really look at that record and say, you know, this can't work or it didn't work. Um, he's got the right background. He obviously has the connections. I think he may have those, the, the buy-in from potential key players. And from a scheme standpoint, I think he has a real pitch and he's another one of those guys that like, I can see maybe pointing fingers to try to spin his situation and put himself in a position to succeed. And just like with Handy, I, unless there's more behind the scenes that I'm not aware of, like I could see him getting a courtesy interview as well. Okay. I think there's some process and I think there's some like Lakers process that like both sides here, like I can see him making sense. I can see him making sense to come back as an assistant. Like if, if, you know, I were looking for an offensive coordinator and some of these other guys weren't willing to come to the Lakers to do that. I, I don't know. I, there, there was good stuff happening that we didn't get to see the full extent of because they went away from it. And I think that was wrong. And, you know, I could be wrong about this, but I, I don't know. What What are your thoughts? Let's unpack it from your perspective. I don't know. I guess I still really, you know, I know he's, well, LeBron's a fan of his. I didn't feel Fizdale's presence a ton throughout the season as far as, you know, being vocal, being somebody who uh, is trying to back Frank on a, I mean, just the assistant coaches don't get to speak that often. Right. We don't hear mm -hmm. from them very much. Um, so I don't know it. You know, we definitely did not love the offense. If he was the offensive coordinator, don't love it. If you're basing it off of results, even as an assistant, I think you could judge him fairly poorly. Um, and I frankly don't think he at this point has any head coaching juice around the league outside of the Lakers. Um, so if they, if he gets a courtesy interview, like congratulations on your three, your three points, Tim. Thank you. And what is that, Tom? It's the Tom snake draft, <laughs> you know, swisheroo. Did you get an Tom air horn just for gets, this? I did. I just downloaded it just right now. Oh um, my God. Why don't we take a quick break, Tom? And then when we come Good back, you, you get two picks in a row. So everybody buckle up because it's about to get wild. Yeah, I hate this and myself. Be right back. History. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, Tim, coming back. Before I get to my final picks, I want to just mention a couple names here, Tim. Okay. On a scale of 1 to 100, what are the chances that Derek Fisher becomes the Lakers' next head coach? Because I feel like it's not zero, and that scares me a little. It's not zero. And <laughs> I can see them giving him an interview. Right. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. It's not I'm like not picking off. him. I just wanted he's to mention that. far yeah. away. Like, he's yes. coaching in the same building. The Sparks play in, in crypto, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's there. You, like, you should be able to be like, you know, you know, walk around in your office and then look down and be like, oh, you know. There's Derek Fisher not doing well. Like, I don't know. It, it, this one shouldn't happen, but I could see it, it would be very Lakers for like us to hear about the list of candidates they're considering. And it's like Phil Handy, Dave Visdale, Doc Rivers, Mark Jackson, <laughs> Derek Fisher, like Kurt Rampus, and, and like, and I don't know, Jared Dudley. Like, <laughs> right. I, yeah. It's hard to put too much past them because of how we know they like to operate, but. No, he shouldn't be in contention. And he was someone that the people did not, not like. And he was in the sixth tier along with Frank Vogel. Um, He was one of the few guys that graded out lower than Vogel in the voting from the Discord. Um, He was right around the same level as Brian Shaw. Um, So, yeah, no, weren't a fan. Yeah. Uh, I was going to bring up Brian Shaw, another, you know, featured. Uh, So there's this nice cluster here at the bottom of these six guys who are Jared Dudley, Frank Vogel, Brian Shaw, Derek Fisher, Luke Walton, Kurt Rambis. None of those are going to be my picks. Thank God. But this Mm -hmm. pick does make me sad, but this is going to be my out of left field pick, but there is a universe where I can see some of the chips falling this way for this team. Now, if you can imagine a nightmare with me, Tim, We've been living in one, so I'm sure I can imagine something like it. Imagine I'll close my eyes. I'll close my eyes. That the nightmare you thought was going to end didn't. They cannot move Russell Westbrook at the trade at the offseason. So they decide. Oh no, I know where this is going. Hey, who was the last guy that made Russell Westbrook actually like fine? Uh, Scotty Brooks. Come up. Come up to the table, Scotty. Let's compound you... a bad decision with a worse decision. Oh, Tom. Tell me you oh, don't God. think it's possible. It's possible. I that was that was scary. I've got goosebumps over here. Jeez. That was like bad ASMR. Goodness. <laughs> so Scotty Brooks will be officially my pick, even though I hate it. He is a an assistant in Portland right now. Um after you know he had that stint in Washington and obviously Oklahoma City, but I think this is another guy who's probably not going to command a 
giant contract. You might even be able to get like a two-year deal. So these coaches make more sense to me. It's again, for whereas the Lakers are financially, if they don't think a coach is quality enough for this four-year you know, $16 million deal, they might go for these smaller bite-sized guys that if they need to cut bait, they're not financially in a hole. Yep. Yep. The the Lakers connections part was something I considered with my analysis, obviously didn't materialize great, but the financial element of this as well, potentially in a years or money yes. uh, from years or money perspective, that's something that I didn't really make into my analysis. That was a big miss on my part. And you've really correctly hit here because Brooks has the connection there is a line of thinking that gets you to this solution that's very clear and it's something we've even heard from other people yeah and he matches their potential financial restraints as well and would be someone that like given his situation may be willing to take what you know if they try to lowball him or something he might still take it right for the record i hate it and I'm not a fan, but you can see <laughs> based on how this team has made decisions in the past, how something like this can, you know, ob- again, it would take striking out on a rust trade and not just saying, fuck it. Like we'll just bench him, but like trying to bring him back into the fold and put their best foot forward. This would, could be a, a symbol to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're up next. Don't pick the guy I'm going to pick. I can't. I think I have to. If we're going Portland, baby, let's stay Portland. Oh, okay. I think Terry Stotts is a pretty good coach, and I wouldn't hate it. I don't think he is going to get a top job, so I don't think I'm going to get many points outside of this. Mm-hmm. However, I don't hate it, and I just need to not hate myself right now. Terry Stotts, colon, wouldn't hate it. Terry, yeah. Terry Stotts, 2022, colon, Terry wouldn't hate it. don't hate myself. Oh, uh, what do you think about Stotts? I think I agree with your assessment that, like, he's not bad. He has some good stuff going on offensively. He led the teams that when the Lakers were running their catch-hedge scheme where they had two guys, like, temporarily on the ball, you've got that 4v3 numbers advantage to exploit – they destroyed it. And I, I think in the NBA, like we see a lot of teams do the same kind of stuff against switching. And there's some smarter teams. A lot of teams do the same kind of stuff against drop. The teams that are smarter schematically do better stuff in attacking those soft catch hedges. And he's one of those guys. And that's impressive to me. Like they target screen coverages pretty well. Excuse me. They have a number of concepts built in to do so. Uh, he's run some really good offenses. He's got a history there. If not getting a head coach job, because he currently is not employed with the team. He's someone that like you should consider bringing in as an assistant to me. If you grab a head coaching option that like doesn't have an offensive background, Stotts, his issues as a head coach had to do with the defenses on his teams. So that's a that's a potential weakness and either with him as head coach or assistant coach i think you'd want to address that with the other positions on staff but i get the thought process here and i i you know i think it's sound i do agree that like he probably won't get he'd be on the lower end of candidates to get another job like media like it's within yeah like he's not going to be an exciting like he's he's right along the borderline of dudes where you say do i just take a shot on one of these assistant coaches yeah 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 agree i think i'm more aggressive in 
going and saying like, yeah, let's lean into that. Like, let's go for those guys, younger guys with upside. Um, if you can do the real research and understand like the roles and responsibilities with the skills those are like, I don't think you have to be a successful head coach to be a successful head coach. Um, you don't have to have done it in the past to do it in the future, but he's one of those guys that like, I could see a team that's just not comfortable. They're, they're not in the right place to take that kind of risk saying, all right, we know what we're getting with stats. We're going to have a good offense. Let's, let's do that. So yeah, no, I, this, this pick makes sense to me. All right. So who did I not steal from you, Tim? Like you got to break it home and give us one good fucking pick here. Yeah, no, I don't know if I'm going to do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest with you, Tom. I don't like these picks. Um, <laughs> I don't like the options. I don't like the, uh, the, the guys I want to pick will be a waste of a pick because the Lakers won't even be tied to them. Yeah, um, obviously. Okay. So let's talk about them really quick. So there's this, who is in your top, uh, one or two tiers here that we didn't even mention guys like David Vanderpool, who we've spoken about, I think in the past before, um, David Adelman, he's not, he's not in my top tier. Uh, can we talk about, uh, Vanderpool for a second? He's someone that he has been a, I don't know what he used to do years and years ago, but recently he was a defensive coordinator for Minnesota and he's been, I believe the defensive coordinator with the Nets and generally when you're hiring someone to do a job, you hope that you, you, you hope they do well with it. And like, he's been a defensive coordinator of bad defenses recently, 20th that ranked this year with the Nets, 28th last season with Minnesota, 20th year before that with Minnesota. Um, he was in Portland years before that. They had a couple good defensive seasons, a number of bad defensive seasons. I don't know if he was the DC with, with stats back then. I don't know. He's someone that a few players, notably Dame Lillard, have a lot of support for, but is in that range of like assistant coach, like, ah, we don't know what he does. Maybe he's good, um, but we know what he does and, and he hasn't been good at it. So that takes the shine away from me. The voting from the people in the Discord, they had him in the second tier. They had him, let me sort this so I can figure out the exact rank. They had him ranked seventh among the 40 candidates. For me, he was in, no, I'm sorry, he was eighth. Uh, he was ranked eighth. No, he was tied for seventh. Um, he was in tier two. For me, for me, he's not someone I think I would really consider or he'd be on the lower end for me. I think there are other assistants that have better skill sets, more proven success doing the things that they're supposed to be good at. And if you're going to grab someone to be a defensive coordinator, or, 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 you know, that's what he's adding. Like he, he better be good at it. And he hasn't been recently. So I'm not interested. So that's one guy. Sorry. I sorry to cut you off. Cause he's there. He was one of the guys with the biggest differentials between what the discord thought and what I think of him. Fair enough. No, but I mean, there's a handful and you don't have to go to all of them, but there's a handful of assistants. We did not speak on at all. Who mm -hmm. I think we both probably believe are good candidates that probably have no little to no shot at being yeah. on the Lakers radar. So if I'm going to just walk through my top two tiers, let's say, um, I have six guys in my top two tiers. In my first tier, I had Nick Nurse. In terms of just like actual, like the best coaches available, Nick Nurse, Quinn Snyder in there. I have Kevin Young and David Adelman in there. You may recognize them from me talking about them last offseason as two guys who are both elite X's and O's offensive coordinators, Kevin Young is the offensive coordinator running the Suns offense. That is just my favorite. It is the best I've really, I mean, it's my favorite. It's the best I've seen. It's the best this year. It's a machine. They do all the things you want to be doing. If you're 
like in all the consulting I've been doing recently, I'm sending a lot of Suns clip to people and being like, this is what you need to try to emulate. Here are the plays. Here's, you know, <laughs> how you do the play calling. Like they're, they should be the example that teams should be looking at and, and trying to learn from to get better. Uh, I can see that working with this Lakers team really, really well. And he's someone that like, I would, he's the, the thing with him is, I don't know the Lakers would consider him because they probably don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. And also from his perspective, you're in a great situation. You have great job security. You have elite offenses. The Suns are doing better than they've really ever done. <laughs> like, like the amount of growth and success they've had, the, the efficiency, the way that they're operating right now, the roster that they have, the guys they have locked into deals, they have to figure out eight in this offseason. but they've got a really, really good structure and he's someone that I can see not taking a bad head coaching job and trying to wait for a better head coaching job just because his current position is, you know, he's set up so, so well. So I don't know that either side would actually have interest here, but he's someone that I think is one of the better options available. And then David Adelman, Denver Nuggets, offensive coordinator. If you're trying to set up an offense with 80 and LeBron, big guys who can play make, who attack in the post, why not bring in the guy who set up the best offense in the NBA at countering post help at setting up and creating easy playmaking opportunities for their bigs. And, and obviously with Nikola Jokic, they have an excellent, excellent, like top tier playmaker to start with, but it's elite playmaker at the player level plus elite scheme to set him up for success. And they've done a really good job of making the most with like Jamal Murray out and having guys who maybe aren't, they're more nominal point guards. They're not, they're lessening the playmaking burden, playmaking burden on their lead ball handlers. And, with the Lakers potentially tied from an asset standpoint, being able to make a shooting guard fit at point guard because you you just don't need to ask them to do the same kind of stuff as a ball handler. Like that's in, you know, it helps you cut some corners in roster construction. So I can see him being a really good fit as well with with the Lakers, with the stars, and he's just very good in general. So that's my top tier. And then my second tier is made up of a couple wills. There is Will Hardy, who is a uh, Celtics assistant coach. He used to be with the Spurs. Um, I'm doing a little bit of digging. From what I understand, he runs their offense. And the Celtics run good stuff. Uh, if you're like, oh, no, he's a Celtic. Like, can't go can't go get them. Like, Doc Rivers coached the Celtics in the Clippers. So, ah, I don't I don't think this is going to disqualify him. You're, you're muted, Tom. Um, no one wants Doc Rivers, for the record. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the Lakers. We'll see. Um, but he's someone that, like, he he's an up and coming guy. He's highly regarded. He's a potential pop, great Popovich successor. Like he might be going back to San Antonio to take that job. That's, that's what I've heard from a few people is they, they think like Quinn Center's not going to get that job because they're going to go after Will, Will Hardy instead. Um, it'd be good. Like I, I, he's, he's, he's just solid. You know what you're going to get. And he seems to be a good leader in San Antonio. They did a good job creating good generalists where you, you shadow each other and, it's collaborative in a way that allows you to grow while also letting people specialize. So I would feel decent about him building a staff. Um, so I, he's someone that I'd be really interested in. And then another guy that I have interest in that at the beginning of my search wasn't on my radar is Will Weaver. He is the Rockets assistant coach. He is an offensive and defensive X's and O's guru um he was very underrated he was in the fourth tier from a discord standpoint but he would for me be in the second tier um just great things you can i can i can tweet some links out of interviews he's done where he talks about all the things he believes in and how the rockets run their offense and if you remember excuse me last season they weren't 
like the results this year weren't great. They're like 25th or so in offensive rating. Last year, they didn't really have much of an offense. And their explanation of that was it was somewhat on purpose. They knew they weren't trying to win. They were just trying to help guys put them in as many situations to make, you know, read and react. And I don't know, be unpredictable. I don't love that. But this year they actually flipped the switch and started installing stuff. And they run some really, really good five out, lots of good, you know, creating opportunities with, with big men playmaking. Um, they do a lot in terms of clearing out potential help defense so that it looks simple, but it's simple in a smart way where your stars are able to, or your best players in that primary attack are able to get to the rim with ease. Um, he's the one who had the cops and robbers quote that I referenced earlier. Uh, he talks through like the menu that the team looks at in terms of attacking coverages. So like he does, he talks about, and I see a lot of the concepts that I think are the best practices. The roster that they have isn't very good and it's young and he's better than I think the situation is. Yeah. So he's someone that I can see taking, maybe not head coaching. I don't know if the Lakers would consider it. I'm probably not, but he's someone that I could see taking a Lakers assistant coaching job to run their offense as a step up from Houston, potentially. Whereas a lot of these other, you know, up and coming assistants, like I don't think they would take an assistant job with the Lakers, like, you know, Darvin Ham, uh, Will Hardy, Charles Lee, like these guys are probably looking for head, they are looking for head coaching jobs and they're being considered for head coaching jobs. So I don't see them going to the Lakers to be an assistant, but I can see Will Weaver potentially doing so. So those are some of the top guys for me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, who are you taking here, Tim? Uh, can't be Mike D'Antoni because the Lakers have done that. Steve Nash isn't going to get fired, I don't think. And I'm not super excited about what I've seen from him since D'Antoni left. not say Mark Jackson. I'm, so I'm between Mark Jackson and one other guy. Uh, Mike Brown, I don't, I don't, I think other, someone else might go grab him. Uh, Sam Kassal, I'm not touching I'm not going to go like, if I don't like what doc Rivers is doing, I'm not going to go grab the guy. That's like doc Rivers is like second in command. <sighs> I don't know. I could list off the bad options for me. I might immediately regret this pick, but I think that Tom Thibodeau might be someone I'll what? pick. Tom. I, <sighs> hang on. Hang on. <laughs> no. Okay. You th- okay. So you think he's going to get fired? After That's he took the Licks to, to the playoffs out. last year? I know that the oh man. See, this is the thing. This is you are hmm. awful at this. All right. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not so t- sorry. That's not my pick. That's not <laughs> okay, my pick. That's, that's pick. fine. There's no, 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 that's not my pick. Because so the thing is, like, if he were to be fired, he is a head coach with experience. He's kind of in that vocal mode or vocal mold where like he's had teams that have played LeBron in the playoffs and played him really well. He's a defensive guy. He, you know, gets all this, you know, effort out of players and all that stuff. Um, don't love the offense. Expensive. He's, Doesn't have a relationship to the team or LeBron James. Not getting he, fired. All right. All right. So the not getting fired <laughs> part is what really takes me out of it. Uh, this is Because if he does time. get he's, fired, he's, probably fine to get another job but he's gonna get paid like you think so? a four-time head coach yeah absolutely i guess so i don't think the lakers would actually consider hiring mark jackson i know there's a free point there with him but that's not i don't think that's gonna happen so i am going to kind of by default here i'm gonna go grab stan van gundy i think 
I think he's the only guy left that like there's he doesn't have like like he has had some success. He's there's name recognition. He currently doesn't have any job and got he like stepped away, slash was fired from the Pelican shop after only one year. So I don't know that he would be in that super expensive range, highly competitive for other roles candidate, but uh, I don't know. I can see him being someone you pair with one of those, with one of those scheme gurus and getting a lot out of, I don't know. I just, I don't think there's another great pick here. Like, all right, we're done. This is the last pick, but like, who, who should I have picked? Cause I'll tell you four names right now who have better chance of getting hired with the Los Angeles Lakers than Stan Van Gundy. All right, go ahead. Now you might not like it because again, this is all Tim. You got to learn how to smooth your brain and be dumb. <laughs> this right. is smooth brain, Tim. All right. So I'm going to tell you four people, and you're not going to like any of it. Uh huh. Kurt Rambis. It's not going to happen. That's not real. Like that's not. There's that, no way in hell. That's there's no way in hell. That's happen. less real than Stan Van this, Gundy. This guy has he he he's Answer been on me. multiple that's teams that were like real? mutiny against him. He hasn't coached in like 20 years, and he was a garbage coach 20 years ago. It actually doesn't matter. Again, not, you're not smooth braining. Uh, the only reason he's on here is because his wife is Jeannie's bachelor. Correct. The only reason. He's does he not or does get a real he interview. not have so, influence in the Lakers front office? Here's the thing: he has influence. <laughs> does They're he or does he not to, have a no, title? No, no, no. He does not. No, but the thing is, Tom, he—they're going to do what they did this year with him, where in and I think in previous years, where like they're not going to actually put him on the staff, but they're going to like just have him overshadowing and lingering and like providing input and pro- providing feedback, or will attempt to do so with whoever they pick, like. I don't think they want him on the day-to-day grind of actually going through like film and creating game plans, but I can see them and I can see him being like, yeah, you know, like I can be the voice in the locker room and then report back to Eugenie and let you know how things are going and and you can trust me and like I'll help provide input. So like, I don't think he's actually going to get a real like coaching job with the Lakers, but I expect moving forward them to at least attempt to have him have coaching influence as a non-coach the way he did this season. I mean, there's already reports that he's going to garner interest as well. Okay, I'm just saying it's more possible okay, than right, Stan that's Van Gundy. Maybe three more. Maybe three more. Well, I already named Derek Maybe Fisher three. earlier. Fisher's not going to happen. It's there's no, no more process. possible than Stan Van Gundy. Really? Yes. <sighs> but he's... I'll give you two more. Uh-huh. Are you going to name like Rajon Rondo and Jared Dudley? Absolutely right. I am going to name Rajon <laughs> Rondo and Jared Dudley. So both guys that I think the Lakers, you know, should have interested and should go after for assistant jobs, development jobs, you know, help with the locker room kind of jobs. They shouldn't be head coaches. Not, not right now. It would I be mean, a big, they would be big leap of faith. Head coaches, air quotes, with a front office picked assistant staff. Because that's what they did to Frank Vogel, who was a legitimate head coach in this league for years. And they said, okay, you want to be the coach of the Lakers? You got to accept this shit bag of array of coaches. Um, So like, it's almost qualitatively irrelevant what the coach is going to do. I feel like the Lakers are going to do that no matter what. 
I just don't think there's there's going to be a real. I don't think that's real. I think they're they're going to have a shot to be assistants, but I don't. Head coaches don't make sense. Well, I'm happy for you that you don't have, <laughs> let's say, the imagination to make it yeah. as bad as it potentially could be, because that'll save you a lot right. of stress. Right. Because I can absolutely see. Okay, before we get out of here, we'll go over our teams. Um, I just wanted to quickly mention a couple other guys uh, for another reason. It's not totally out of my mind that they're like, hey, Kobe Carl, um, what's up? They fired him from their G League job. They're not going to hire him for the head coach job. Okay, fine. Um, You'd mentioned Brian Shaw. I think his time and place for getting Lakers interest has come and gone, but Mm -hmm. still possible. Uh, And then the other guy I just briefly wanted to mention was uh, Jerry Stackhouse. Well, Tom, when you can hire the head coach of the 11th best team in the SEC, you just you just have to do that. There's well, no other was, option. If that becomes available to you, you jump on that immediately. Well, he was coaching for, I think it was the Raptors G League team, and he led them to a G League title. He's never had a he's never had an above 500 conference record in college. That's it. That's all hey, I got. I'm just saying names. Know. You're just no, but like. Uh, their names at the Lucas front office are probably Tim, considering. If you picked Luke Walton, I think you'd have a better chance than Stan Van Gundy. No. Tim, smooth your brain. <sighs> I just, none of these other guys, they, they don't make sense. Like, they're, they're the sense young guys. Sense got nothing to know. do with it. Yeah. Sense got is, nothing like, to do with it. I think there's a real good shot that they consider some of these guys that have, they have the ties to, but then when they, at the end of the day, when they're like, who do we actually interview? Who do we actually like pick? They're probably going to not bank the like one final year on like the, the potential title window on like someone who's never been a head coach before. That's fair. I think they're, I, I think they may ultimately go higher outside the family. Like they did with Frank Vogel. Like they were willing to do with Tyloo and Monty Williams. Tyloo's not um, outside the family. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I'm sorry. But Monty and Monty is, right? Monty is, yeah. Yeah. So they're two of their, their three guys. But I also um, consider LeBron like a, an in law side of the family. I guess so. Yeah. I just, for as much crap as we, we like, you know, as much fun as we like to make about like how they, they're, they're only going to grab guys who, you know, they know and, you know, talk to on a regular basis or whatever there. I think this might be the situation where they try to grab one of those retreads. They try to grab a retread that they think can actually like run, just be like a, just be a decent head coach that can command the locker room and be someone who is coming from a weak enough bargaining position that would allow them to influence who else is on that staff. And I see of our two teams, not going to happen with Doc. Not going to happen with Quinn Snyder. May not happen with Kenny Atkinson or Steve Clifford. With Handy, I can see it happening. With Gentry, I can see it happening. Fisdale, yes. Brooks, yes. Van Gundy, yes. Stotts, yes. Just given where they're coming from. So they're going to be like, Stam, I love what you did with Jackson Hayes and Zion Williamson. How can we miss the play in but be healthy? Can you lead us there? <laughs> they were looking good until they, they had a bunch of injuries at the end of the year. Well, they made the play in this year without Zion. 
That's true. That's true. That's because they they've got some like decent coaching. They got some good players. They got CJ McCollum over they there. The, Brandon Ingram. They made the play in because we collapsed. Let's be. They honest. have also um, also Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado are like incredible rookies. Like they have two of. The, 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 they may not like be the most talented rookies long term. They may not be the best rookies, but like Herb Jones is the best defensive rookie this year, and yeah. Alvarado is one of the best offensive rookies this year. Rookies this year from an impact standpoint, like they've been, they've really, really helped themselves with with how they've drafted. All right, Sam. So this one's going a little long. Let's wrap this up here soon. How are you feeling about once again your team, Doc Rivers, Kenny Atkinson? What? Alvin Gentry, Dave <laughs> Fisdale, and Stan Van Gundy. So, all right, let's take a look at that. So, we each picked five guys. One, one of mine is a current head coach. One of yours is a current head coach. I'd say those two, they were our first picks. They have the best chance of, like, actually getting the job if fired, but they also have the best chance of just, like, getting us each a goose egg. Or they have a best of, chance of getting hired by another team as well. And, and yeah, and that's where I'm going next. Like getting hired by any team, those two, Adkinson will be considered for roles. I think. I don't think Gentry, head coach. Gentry, I'm not as. It, I don't think that'll happen as much. Fizdale is going to be. Hard Let's be dish. clear. If he gets a front office job, that's no points. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No. With Gentry, I made a mistake of not. <laughs> Of not, you know, being up to speed on my Sacramento Kings news. Shame. So, but like, I don't know. I, I'd i say in general, the two of us, we grabbed, we each grabbed the current, well, I don't know if current the rights were, uh, we each grabbed an assistant coach from this past team. And then we each grabbed a current head coach that has a chance of getting fired. And then we each grabbed some retreads um, with some slightly different reasoning but i think at the end of the day we're, we're kind of hitting at the same areas yeah but i like your team better than mine Woo. best of luck to you i'm you know you got me feeling good even though you did all the research and i just looked at names feels good what do you let's say this what do you want to happen that you think is what realistic? do i want to happen i think i think best case scenario realistic best case scenario i think is going to be like a retread plus hopefully like if we can get like Clifford plus like Will Weaver plus like Dudley and then and then the front office like inserts a couple people they want like that to me is an interesting collection of of individuals I think there's a plausible universe where the Lakers could get Quinn Snyder but I think it would and this is kind of the issue is for any of these coaches, what are they signing up for next year? What That's team the are they thing. signing up for? Yeah. So if there is a clear path and there's clarity on uh, the coming moves and what and how to practically execute those things to sell a vision to a team, uh, to a coach, that makes more sense to me. But you know what I mean? It's that's going to be the hard part for getting one of these top end guys is selling a clear vision and how they mm-hmm. fit in and how they can best utilize these, these guys. I agree with that. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be tricky. I, if they can get Snyder, I'd be thrilled if they can get I, I, the nurse thing. I don't think is going to happen. It would take right. him doing things that I don't think are realistic, but right. if they can get nurse, that'd be you know awesome. I see a lot of guys on here that I wouldn't be thrilled about it would it would come down to and even guys we picked where it would come down to like 
fingers crossed. I really hope they put together a really good assistant coaching staff, but between them and how they've operated in the past and how the Lakers front office has operated in the past, it's not a great scenario where, you, you know, you trust that they're going to go find Will Weaver and send him and, you know, a really good offer to go poach him away from Houston or something like that. Right. So you kind of need them to nail either a head coach who comes with some of that expertise on the scheme side, or they grab someone who they actually like allow to build their staff. And maybe that is a Steve Clifford or, or, or someone like that. Or, I mean, and the, the tricky thing here is the guys they may trust the most to build their staffs are probably like the doc rivers is of the right. world. Right. And we don't have the, the most confidence in them. So we'll see what the Lakers end up doing. I, I think we talked about just about everyone on this list, all 40 guys. Oh, Darvin Ham and Charles Lee, both assistants with Milwaukee, both guys who have been considered for head coaching roles, both guys I don't know that the Lakers would consider, but could very well get other jobs. Um, Adrian Griffin, he's an assistant with the Raptors. He's uh, He'll probably get a head coaching job at some point in the future. Sam Cassell, I don't think being set up behind Doc is the best situation for him. He might get another assistant job and then and then go head coach. Um, Dave Yorger, he, I didn't do so hot with his last role. I agree that the, the Kings didn't handle things great, but also from an Nexus and O standpoint, wasn't a big fan of what was happening there. Uh, that's it. That's it. Yeah. We talked about everybody. Oh, Lloyd Pierce is on here. He is with the Pacers right now. He was with Atlanta and ran really bad stuff. And I did not like it all. They got rid of him. McMillan went in immediately. They were much better in the middle of the season and they just came back to beat the Cavs actually. Yeah. I was just uh, going to so say have, that they have made the playoffs. So not, not a guy that I would see as fixing any, any issues the Lakers have. And I think with that, we have at least mentioned all 40 people. Oh, Atori Messina. He's in Italy. Now he interviewed for a bunch of head coaching jobs after being a Spurs like lead assistant, didn't get any of them. And so that's a, you know, a little bit of a red flag. I don't see him making the jump back over, especially not to the Lakers. So with that, oh, we didn't, did we talk about Mark Jackson? Enough, yeah. Okay, you yeah, know, that one won't happen. All right, we're at like 100 minutes here, 80 minutes or something like that. So yeah, that's all I have. That, that's 40, 40 guys. Well, thank you, Tim, for all the work that you do. I hope this was a fun, entertaining way for you guys to see the process uh, that Tim went through and for me to shit all over it and being too smart because that's, you just got to learn, Tim. I'll learn one of these days. <laughs> I'll learn you. I'll learn you yet, son. Uh, so, you know, to do that, let us know which team you think is better. Um, you know, hashtag team Tim, which is right. probably a another thing for something else but hopefully <laughs> no. not a bad thing hopefully not no, something we want to get that's fine you just can't say <laughs> hashtag white american and not <laughs> there to be some bad out of context posts yeah 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 that's yeah. fine tim it's okay <laughs> hashtag team tim and team uh, tom is acceptable so get yeah. at us as always we'll send a, us five yeah. star reviews and we'll get you in the discord yeah. Yeah. Uh, who do we got to thank this week, my guy? Oh, goodness, Tom. We got all kinds of people to thank. So oh, I'm I know. Gonna, I'm starting to uh, remember these Q Daddio. We got Mike H. We've got Zach. Uh, we've got uh, a number of people. 
goodness, I need to have, I need to do a better job of, of having my notes up in front of me. Cause I don't want to miss anybody. Like we interact with these people. We, we get to know them, but I obviously like don't want to miss somebody. So iPod sure shuffle. iPod shuffles in there. Um, it's like, it's like we're listing a, you know, it's just like, Oh yeah, this guy used to be with the Lakers. That guy used to be there. All right. So Mike H as an arena sponsor, then we have Zach Harris, Q daddy. Oh, iPod shuffle in the owner's box. Uh, and then we have, the, the great folks in the courtside and lower bowl groups as well, keeping, keeping us, you know, doing what we're doing. And uh, everyone in that lower bowl and up tiers, they're going to be getting that bonus pot of, of Tom singing his great song or, or me singing an awful song. If you had to pick what, which of the two songs do you think you would do? I think oh, I would absolutely not do. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely not do the, the frozen song. I can't, I can't reach those vocal uh, registers. Is that, Octaves. Is that the right way to say that? Octaves? Yeah, no. I can't get there. So <laughs> join, go, go join those groups. And uh, like Tom said, you can DM us a five-star review of the podcast. Or if you check out the link that's in my bio on Twitter, Tim underscore MBA, you can also hop right into the Discord and join one of those groups directly. But that is all that we have, folks. It's been a not great season, but we're kind of turning the page here. and. There's some excitement to be had with what this team can be. Hopefully this sets the table well for you and we'll continue, you know, covering things. I think next week, Tom, we should take a look at the many trade scenarios that have been thrown out there. Uh, I have a short list that was given to me. Um, We, you know, the great folks in the discord consolidated a list of what's actually been reported with the teams potentially reported and the players potentially included. And so we can like dig through and be like, I like that one. I don't like this one. And, you know, maybe take a look at like, at least from what's been reported so far, what potential trades could look like. Cause that's going to be a big, big piece of this Lakers off season as well. Oh man. I can't wait to talk about ways to get Russell Westbrook off this team. <laughs> so that's something to look forward to. We're going too long. So we're going to get out of here. Thank you to everyone. Uh, until next time, we will talk to you all later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.